from producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo. Thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future. New documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. Baby bag dough, baby fall off. Sipping codeine, cause I gotta kill a cow. Let me sit sideways in the big bins. Oh, you boys, they my brothers, they my friends. <laughs> Now it's time to go to work. There's not one guy in the history of this program that's bigger than the program. There's the blitz. Touchdown, Lehman. Touchdown, Oklahoma. Williams got him on the blitz. Lehman on the pick. OU is going to win it again. Peterson's got it. He's got a first down and more. High step and touchdown, Adrian Peterson. You're listening to Brandon Drum. Look, I think the program's moving in a great direction. And Parker Thune. Venables knows what he's doing. This is the OU Insider Under the Visor podcast. Welcome, welcome to another OU Insider Under the Visor Sooners podcast. My name is Brandon Drum. I'm here with Parker Thune, and we are here to talk some transfer portal. It is the portal season, and there's a lot of that going on, good and bad for Oklahoma. Uh, there, we're going to talk some recruiting, some in-home visits, uh, and obviously, we're going to dive in. Probably not very much since it's freaking a month away. But we'll talk a little bit about, you know, that team down there in the panhandle of Florida that Oklahoma's going to take on in the, is it the camping world? How's that thing go? The, uh, what's it called? Uh, the Cheez-It Bowl. The Cheez-It Bowl, but it's the Camping World Cheez-It Bowl because they play in Camping World Stadium. And they're going to be playing in that. So they're going to be the cheesiest of the cheesiest. A lot of dad jokes uh, coming on here with uh, the cheese. This just leaves it open, Parker, for so many things, by the way. But uh, yeah, I got dad jokes galore, man. You know this. Oh, I, I know this to be very true. <laughs> so you'll be, you'll be having a field day down in Orlando on the 29th. Yes, I will. I really want to do that room, stay in that room, by the way. That just looks like if you had, and I know this isn't funny, but if you like, you had some sort of, deprivation with like bright colors and that would be if you were stoned (laughs) (laughs) have you seen the photos of the cheese it rooms oh yes i have it definitely you were stoned in that room oh my goodness i know kids don't don't do drugs if that's if there's kids listening i apologize um but yeah who would want to stay in a room that's bright red and bright orange i would apparently you would 
Well, yeah, <laughs> extenuating circumstances if I'd ever done drugs before. But yeah, I mean, I'm probably the corniest of the corn. I, I bet you and I are probably the corniest of the corniest on the on the beat when it comes yeah, to that. A chance. That's a good chance. <laughs> I would not want to stay in that room. I wouldn't be. I feel like I wouldn't be able to sleep. No, I mean it would be bright when it's dark. There's nothing. There's nothing to stop. Like any. You think sort there's of, anything? Think there's any decor in that room that's like fluorescent? I mean, but you think about it. Nothing is going to like. It's like white with with like the sunlight on white. It like brightens it. Mm-hmm. Everything's shiny and bright in there. So even the slightest glimmer through your window is going to magnify the red and the orange in there. It's just it's it's unbecoming. But it is a cheese. I do like cheeses though. So. That'd be great. Uh, let's talk a little portal, man. Let's start out there because I think that's what everybody wants to talk about. I would say it so. has. Yeah, it's become kind of the the second season during the off season or the middle before the before the bowl season. It, it's it's almost overtaken National Signing Day buzz to an extent. I think probably because we're prisoners of the moment, and particularly today, we're recording this on December 5th, it is Transfer Portal National Day. Yeah. That's what it is. I mean, everybody's getting in the portal. I think there's already 600 kids in the portal, and some of them haven't even announced. I would I would bet a third of them haven't even announced. And throughout this week, it is going to get buck wild, bro. I mean, there is going to be some names that are going to pop out there and people are going to go, holy beep. And it's, well, let's put you like this, Parker. You and I have heard some wild, wild names. (laughs) To say the least, yes. And those names that we've heard are legit. That's the problem is like they're legit. These kids are legitimately thinking about getting in the portal. And we'll put it to you like this. If it does happen, this is as far as we'll go with this. If this does happen, it would shake up some things. One, because Oklahoma would be getting some players from what we're hearing that would. It would just be it would be one of the most ironic and craziest thing after the portal's done, we can like dive into what we were hearing. Like uh-huh. after everything's, uh-huh. but this would, if you want to, if you want to piss off some people before you head to the Big 12, this is how you do it. This is how you would do it, right? Am I not right? Yeah, you're right. I mean, you're my right. God, before you head to the SEC, this is, this is how you piss it off, piss everybody off. And that's about as far as we'll go. Um, if the rumors are true. Um, but as far as the Oklahoma guys that have left, I mean, can we be honest and just say, meh, meh. Do we want to run through the list? Meh. Go for it. Let's uh, let's take a look at how many of these guys actually contributed and or we're on track to contribute. At well, Venables called it out yesterday in the press. Yeah, no, Venables. <laughs> Venables called a spade. They a spade, weren't going to play was, for us anyways. <laughs> he was very blunt. Jordan Mukes, Theo Weiss, Joshua Eaton, Kendall Dennis, Alton Tarber, Nick Evers, Bryson Washington, 
Ray Walker, and then, of course, three guys that haven't officially appeared in the portal yet, but that we expect to because they haven't been with the team in some time now. Clayton Smith, Cavante Henry, Joseph Wete. Mm -hmm. Of those 11, Weiss is the one where it's like, okay, he actually did something in an OU uniform. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess we could throw him out because he's actually really good. Outside of Theo Weiss, which is he's a big name. He's gonna he's going to harbor some I mean the I, I would assume the Bamas of the world, the Georgias of the world, the USC's of the world, the Ohio States of the world. Somewhere around there we'll start LSU's of the world will probably start kicking the tires with the OEs. Would just be my guess. Mm-hmm. He's a good player. That he is. That said, Parker, you remember when Alton Tarver got in the, the portal and everybody's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. It was a little, I think it was a little surprising if only because he was the first of the 2022 guys to depart. No, Kevonte Henry yeah. was. Well, technically, yes. Yeah. But, but no, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I get what you're saying, but me. I mean, I was told that dude wasn't ever going to play. Like he just, I guess he was a little out of shape all the time. Uh, and I'm not bashing the kid. I'm just telling you what I know. And he just, I don't know, man. Like he just, and that, that's not to say, like, I think here's the craziest thing to think about this is right now, it looks like he's never going to play at Oklahoma or wouldn't have played at Oklahoma, right? But who's to say that the light bulb doesn't click on with him? And and that's that's that I think that's where you get the uh the double-edged sword of the in the catch-22 of the transfer portal because that dude could go somewhere else and the light bulb click and he could be an all-American. Like you never know. You never know. And as it said, so every year since like 2019, the transfer portal giveth and the transfer portal taketh. For the longest time, Oklahoma only knew the transfer portal gaveth. <laughs> I mean, Jalen Hurts, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Justin Brown, Jalen Saunders. I mean, these guys weren't in the portal, but they were transferring immediately eligible, a lot of them, because of waivers and stuff like that. So transfers have always giveth to Oklahoma. That's how it's always been. The last few years, they've been on the other side of some things and hasn't really... They felt the, they felt what other teams have felt that they've done to them. <clears throat> that makes sense. Yeah, certainly. And... I think you, you can even rewind to last year and some of the guys that uh, Oklahoma lost in the aftermath of the turnover on the coaching staff, right? Jaden Hazelwood yeah. had himself a nice year at Arkansas. Uh, Austin Stogner was coming off his best years sooner. Um, yeah, this is just the nature of the beast. And here's what people need to understand because I, and I, I never want to paint with too broad a brush with statements like these, but there is a significant percentage of the Oklahoma football fan base that only pays attention to what's going on with their team yep. and not what's going on across the rest of the country. And the reality is in today's day and age, every single program, it does not matter how good or how prestigious 
They're going to lose players. They're going to lose contributors to the portal every single year. We just saw Alabama lose a two-year starter on the offensive line to the portal yesterday. Yeah. So it's going to happen to everybody. This is the new normal. And so nothing's happening at Oklahoma right now that isn't happening at every other institution across the country. And I think on the large scale, what you're seeing is a lot of healthy attrition, natural selection, in a sense. Guys that were never going to play, mm-hmm. were never going to play substantially for Oklahoma, being gradually processed and shown the door by the staff in favor of opening up spots for guys that can come in and at the very Steve least Lowen, make a competitive push. I, among others, yes. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm not saying. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, and I, I, hey, look, it, it's open, these these transfers have also opened the doors, and it, it also works when it comes to the high school ranks and the recruiting because the openings come up and the coaches use that. They're like, hey, look, we made this spot open for you. For you. Like, we opened that up for you. So now... And and I think the day McCullough is a prime situation when you got Jordan Mukes, Bryson Washington, and you have all these guys that uh, in the secondary that have departed, if you will. There are openings for some some players, and I I fully look Fred Davis from Clemson, Fred Davis the second or third, I can't remember which one he is. I've one known of the him. Fred Davises. Yes, well, I've known him out of Jacksonville for a long time, and he got in the portal yesterday and hit me up, and he was like, hey, man, what's going on? I haven't talked to you in a while, and I was like, dude, what's going on, bro? And he goes, I would be interested in Oklahoma. <laughs> Just straight up said it. I said, you like you some BV, huh? And he goes, love, Brent Venables. And I think that's probably his mindset when he got in the portal was like, I committed to play for Brent Venables. And obviously last year, Oklahoma fans didn't get to see, and I think this is something we need to talk about actually did not get to see what Brent Venables could do when he had to. Now they did get some transfer portal guys. And Jeffrey Johnson turned out to be a good get. Not great. Good. It wasn't what everybody expected. He was like the top defensive tackle in the portal. And it was such a big deal when he got picked up by Oklahoma and it didn't pan out. Mainly probably because he only had one year in the system. If if he if he had two years to play at Oklahoma, I think year two, he probably would have been really, really good. And from talking to people, that that's kind of the mindset that Oklahoma had. If he could have gotten a second year in the system, it would have been completely different for that kid because he was talented. He was just learning a system and not being able to do what he did at Tulane. And that was just play because he knew everything like from the back of his hand. So there was that. Obviously, Jonah Laulu was a major get out of the portal. I'm trying to think of some other guys they got out of the portal that were big last year. Colden. I think those Colden. Those were the three. I know Trey Morrison was a pickup. Trey Morrison but, saw quite a few snaps. Yeah, yeah, but he wasn't. He Those three were like the guys that everybody was like, oh, my God, those were really good gets. And 
those three turned out to be good players that were really good gets. Like Laulu had a good season. They expect him to be a freaking superstar next year, like legitimately a superstar next year. And you saw at the end of the year, Laulu started playing really well. He did. Yep. Him he and did. Downs really took off strong. at the end of the year. And everybody's like, oh my gosh, Downs made second team all American or all Big 12. I'm like, bro, the last four or five games of the year, Downs was pretty freaking good. <laughs> like he was a he was he was a as what what am I uh what does my son call uh I'm trying to pick up the lingo of the kids now. I'm down with it, dad here. Uh <laughs> <laughs> uh a menace. I think that's what they call him, right? A menace. My son's like, yeah, man, he's a menace, bro. Like, you know, they try to act all cool and talk cool. He's 10. <laughs> but that's that's kind of what those two were. They were a menace off the edge. And they weren't getting sacks all the time, but they were creating pressures. They were, I mean, Downs had 12 and a half tackles for losses. Like, that's that's an absurd amount of tackles for losses, to be honest with you, no matter how you look at it. So, uh, and I think players like that are unfairly judged according to sack totals. Yes. And we had four, nobody, four and a half, five, right? Yeah. Something four and like a half sacks. He and Reggie Grimes tied for the team lead with four. Yeah. And a half, but which, Grimes got in one game. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you would like that number to improve next year mm-hmm. because ideally you want, somebody somebody to get to five sacks but you know you take the good with the bad in year one yeah well and i guess my point is is that venables and his staff coming from clemson were they don't use the portal very much at all Dabo is strictly uh we keep kids for three four years we build our system off that three or four years and that's how we work and there's nothing wrong with Dabo's way of doing things. It's it's worked. He's literally played in the national title a bunch of years. The transfer portal, when did it open? 2018, right? Was that when it like actually opened up was 2018? And it wasn't really used all that much then. I think it was 2019 when Hertz popped in that everybody was like, oh my gosh. And remember when he popped in, it was he was considered he will be the greatest transfer portal entry of all time remember that was the words that people were using well if you look at where he's at today it's not he far might have the been the greatest transfer portal entry of all time to be honest I mean, yeah, yeah yeah he may still have that moniker but i i guess the point is is that venables didn't get to really back channel air quotes for those watching on the video in those mm. not, you can hear back channel the way that you do and it's not it, they, they're not talking to the kids i want people to understand that like coaches across the country are not talking to the kids steve wolfong even put a tweet out he's like if you're not back channeling you are going to lose period and it's not talking to the kids it's talking to somebody that knows the kids family and basically you have a third party being a medium between them and talking like, hey, would you be interested in coming to Oklahoma? I know somebody that may be interested in coming to Oklahoma. Would you be interested in such and such? Yes. How do we get in contact with them? Through me. Blah, 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 blah. This is how it kind of works. That's how back channeling works now. And if you're not doing it, 
you can't expect to get the top guys all the time. Now, Oklahoma, luckily, with Venable's stature in college football and that logo on the side of his head that he had, it has in Oklahoma. That helped some with Laulu, Jeffrey Johnson, a couple others last year. But this year, after six and six, it has to do with back channeling. It has to do, and I, I'm calling it, I'm calling it what it is, Parker. Like, if you don't have a relationship with these guys when they get in the portal, whether new through somebody that knows them or you recruiting them before they went to Bama or Georgia or whatever school they went to, the chances of you getting them out of the portal are not very good, right? They're not good. Yeah, you got to get a head start. You have to get a head start. It is what it is. The NCAA compliance, I know we're big compliance people. Like we try to walk as straight and arrow as we possibly can. But when you talk about this, it's hard to talk about it, right? Without saying it is what it is. And I'm sure those people understand. Like they know they're not naive, right? Like they can't be that naive to how this is. Done. There's, there's, there's loopholes in these rules. And if these universities aren't, and I'm not talking Oklahoma specifically, if these universities aren't using those loopholes, Parker, those programs are going to tank. I watched Carl Reed today say, you're going to adapt or die. You're going to adapt or die. If you do not back channel in this portal, you will die as a program because you will not be able to live unless you can sit there and hold on to every player that you recruit. And that's not happening. It's not happening. Look at Clemson, who never uses the portal, Parker. They had like five dudes announced yesterday in one day. And they weren't just regular old Joes. EJ, EJ Williams, DJ Ungalalele. Fred Davis. That's just naming three. Those dudes were big contributors. Like, it's happening everywhere. The pause program, the soul mission, you can have all that crap, and you're going to hold on to the majority of your players because of it. Yes, you're still going to lose some big names. That the, that those that acronym NIL. Game changer. And Oklahoma's going to play the game. They weren't. They would you agree that the with me that they were not going to play the game originally when um, last year they they had no intentions to like they wanted to yes. do the the Clemson way. But again, adapt or die. Six and six will wake your butt up real quick, won't it? Yes, it will. <laughs> There's a reason why a six and six Oklahoma team has the number seven uh, class in the country. I'll just put it like that. So, um, and it's not like they're like throwing money around like a And M or anything, but like they're 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 willing to talk, I guess. Right? Like I think that's that's probably where it is more than anything. Is they're adapting. They're adapting, and. If anything, Oklahoma fans can feel solace in that because if there's one thing you know about Brent Venables, that bro don't like to lose. You talk about somebody that takes losing hard. 
you and I have both heard some stories. Like that dude does not like to lose. He will get on your butt hard. And the players and the coaches have felt the wrath of the six and six season. He's a lot like Saban in that way. Where it's win, and that is the only thing that matters in this world, is winning and winning in the right way. That's it. That's it. But as far as, Parker, I want to ask you that. Like, does that make sense what I'm saying? Like, they didn't have a chance to do any of that last year. So they were they were kind of behind the eight ball. But this year, with the year and all the connections that these coaches have throughout the United States, I expect Oklahoma to make some big splash in the, in the portal. Don't you? Yes. I, I mean, look. I think it might happen fairly soon, actually. Well, yes, yes. I, I, I just think pe- people have different understandings. This is one of the difficult things about dealing with fans and dealing with message board denizens is that people have different understandings of what a splash entails, right? But I think by most definitions, what Oklahoma is poised to do in the portal would be quantified as a splash. Yeah, I think this weekend I uh, put a crystal ball in for Dave McCullough, his brother, Deshaun McCullough, who Bruce Feldman just put out is considered one of the top edge rushers in all of college football, which you cannot disagree with if you know who Deshaun McCauley is. He announced he was going in the portal. And you all can put two and two together. Day McCullough, four-star safety, committed to Cincinnati. Steve Wiltfong and I put in a crystal ball. I reported it last week that he was taking, or earlier yesterday, that he's taking an official visit. And we talked about this in October, Parker. We said in October this was going to happen because we had heard buzz that McCall, Deshaun McCullough was going to get in the portal. And we said, well, what if Deshaun McCullough gets in the portal? We were just throwing hypotheticals out then. But were we really throwing hypotheticals out? Had we heard buzz about that time, Parker? Go ahead and say it. We heard buzz. Yes, we had. We had buzz. I heard buzz from people in South Bend like, Kid wants to play with his brother. The family is very close with numerous staffers on Oklahoma, and the family is bringing up Oklahoma as a potential landing spot. And at the time, if you know Brent Venables and you know Oklahoma, nothing obviously had been they had been they started kind of recruiting Dave McCullough, and that was at the high school kid, high school safety, four star high school safety committed to Cincinnati. And it's it's moved into another direction to where Oklahoma is the two brothers want to play together and it makes sense. And I'm assuming, you know, if or when Deshaun McCullough officially gets in the portal, you're going to see a lot of people probably put crystal balls for Deshaun McCullough into Oklahoma would be my guess because the two want to play together and Oklahoma's the one. So here's what here's here's the deciding factor in all of this. Oklahoma is the one school I've heard that will take both. And how weird is that? Because Deshaun McCall is one of the top 250 players in the country. Yeah, you'd, you'd think there would be more schools. But when you get this late, there's numbers or numbers become an issue. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. this late in the process, numbers become an issue. And that's the one thing Oklahoma has is numbers. Clemson, the one thing you will always remember 
and everybody's talked about it. Oklahoma fans have talked about it for years, Parker. Why doesn't Oklahoma sign like 28, 29 guys the way that Alabama and Georgia and Clemson do every year? And look, they're winning. Ohio State, they win all the time because they sign guys and they process process the guys out that that aren't cutting it. Well, you're seeing it now. You saw it last year when Oklahoma brought in 33, right? 34 total between the transfer portal and... 22 signees, 13 transfers, 35. 35, 35. Yeah. And they pushed out quite a bit. They watched the film and said... You probably won't play here. See you later. They're bringing in their guys. If anything, Brent Venables is going to live and die by his guys. And this is how he does it. What if you were if you were Oklahoma, what would be another name that you would go after in the portal right now? Well, I think one of the other guys you have to look at, right? If you're looking for players with some familiarity with the staff, two names come to mind at the wide receiver position. One would be Dominic Lovett at Missouri. Mm-hmm. Uh, the LD Washington connection, obviously being the point of intrigue there. And then EJ Williams just announced that he's jumping in the portal from Clemson as well. So <clears throat> if Oklahoma looks to the portal for an experienced addition at the in the wide receiver room, I would expect that, Love it. And EJ Williams are two guys that at the very least get a hard look. Yeah, no, I agree. I think those two, and I think it, the, the love it situation is going to be a lot of it's going to, you know, I guess revolve around whether LD Washington gets to keep his job or not. Mm-hmm. But if he, as you and I have said publicly, Numerous times, if he does not get this job, we would bet a lot of money that he makes a lot of money from Oklahoma as an analyst and assistant wide receiver coach to start. Because whenever said new wide receiver coach leaves, LD Washington will be your next wide receiver coach at Oklahoma if I was a betting man. If he isn't already going to be named, because Venables hasn't said anything publicly, but we've heard things. We've heard things about them going after, you know, Rashad Samples, and that's kind of the name that we continue to hear. But I don't know how far that's going to go or has gone at this point. Like, I'm not sure that, and I want your take on this too. Does Rashad Samples bring that much more to the table than LD Washington outside of the recruiting aspect of it in the DFW area? Well, I think if you're hiring Rashad Samples, you're hiring it. You're hiring him because of his recruiting acumen. I agree. That's the primary driving force. No, I agree. But I mean, do you. And I hate that. Like, do you think. Okay, let's do it this way. It, it, you're a betting man. Who is the next wide receiver coach at Oklahoma? This is hard because it's been like hush, it is hush hard. <laughs> if I am a betting man, I still say Rashad Samples right now. Mm-hmm. 
I might agree with that actually. Um, I might agree with that totally. Actually, I think uh, I don't know. Um, do you do you think how many more people do you think? And I I I I kind of if I'm Oklahoma, I I feel like you got to keep LD. And this is why. And people can call me crazy for that. I really don't care. Uh, you got to keep him because the players love him. The recruits love him. He's already started recruiting for 24 and 25. He's the one with all the relationships on and off the team right now. And if you think about it, Jalil Farouk, Marvin Mims, Drake Stoops, like these dudes have had, that would be if LD Washington is shown the door, that would be their fourth wide receiver coach that they've heard of and had their voice, fourth wide receiver coach voice that they're going to have in their ear in the last two seasons. That's not fair for them. That's not fair for them. And if you want to keep Marvin Mims, you keep LD Washington. I can tell you that much. Unless somebody comes in. I, and I think, I do think the one person that probably could keep him outside of LD is probably Rashad Samples because of the DFW connection. But outside of that, like if they go outside of those two, Mims is gone. I would bet money on that. But right now, they haven't even made their decision what they're going to do. Like you hear Buzz that he's going to head to the, the NFL from people outsourced information. But when you talk to people around the Switzer center and all that type of stuff, they're all like, they're still waiting to see what happens with, with the wide receiver coach. They want to see that. Cause they know like if Mims comes back, he could jump up with the season. He could potentially have next year. He could be that much better. Like Jalil Farouk told Oklahoma, I'm coming back so far, as far as I know. And I think that's huge. That is huge because. If now, have... we'll see after the bowl game how much that changes, but you know what I mean? Like as far yeah, as no, right no. now, he's he's staying. Yeah, which if if there's a world in which you get both of those guys back oh next God. year. Yeah, that's going to be fun. <clears throat> that offense, especially when you throw in. I man, I really didn't say it, Jackson Arnold. <laughs> well, no, I wasn't going to say Jackson Arnold. The fans but... are like, just say it, Jackson Arnold. When you throw in Jackson, or he's going to beat out Dylan Gabriel. <laughs> Regardless of who's playing quarterback at Oklahoma next year, if you have Mims and Farouk back, you have, I man, and maybe this is just me. I think Nick Anderson is going to be a really successful player at Oklahoma. Yeah, if he can be unlike his brother, and and I love Rodney. Got to stay healthy. The Andersons have just struggled to stay healthy. Yeah, well, I mean, there's not a whole lot you can do about that, right? Like, it's just no. there's a snake-bitten type of deal with Rodney, and hopefully it's not more the same with Nick, who sat out all but two games this year with an injury of his own. But I think a fully healthy Nick Anderson, you throw in DJ Graham, whom folks are raving about behind the scenes, Gavin Freeman, with as much as he grew over the course of the second half of the season and continued to see his snap count increase, and the Sooners are going to be loaded with talented wide receivers in that room that are going to 
all have the ability to collectively comprise a very dangerous passing attack. I think the the question for me is, okay, who's playing tight end? And I think the world of Caden Helms, I think he's going to be a big time player before all is said and done in Norman. But uh, we've known for quite some time that Oklahoma is going to look to the portal for an experienced tight end. By the way, on that note, mm-hmm. Austin Stogner just hit the portal from South Carolina, Brandon. Little homecoming, maybe? You know, I'll know real quick. I was, I, <laughs> here's it. My face is shocked that it happened this early because I was told that I'll, I'll leave it alone until I've talked to somebody. Yeah, uh-huh. was told that I knew he was coming back. Not not Oklahoma. I just wanted to. Just... <laughs> whoa, whoa, not to whoa. Oh, wait, let me clear that up. <laughs> as as first reported on the under yeah, the no, podcast, no, not, not to Oklahoma. But I was told to he Oklahoma. wasn't he wasn't going to go pro, uh, which was originally his attention after. And uh, there's, I, I've just heard that. I'm I'm leaving this alone right now. I'll I'll we'll we'll. <laughs> We'll dive on this on OU Insider VIP because there's there's some things that I well I'm gonna just leave it at that. I think I'll just leave it at that as far as the uh, Stogner stuff goes. Um, but Coming back closer to home is going to, from my understanding, is going to be a factor. And obviously, Oklahoma is closer to home. So we will see how all that plays out. You got to remember the dude committed to Oklahoma as a junior before his junior season of football. So uh, he's known Oklahoma for a long time. And maybe if Oklahoma can get lucky, he becomes a sooner again. And he they did need not him. get used a whole they heck of a lot of South Carolina this year. No, and Braden Willis was <laughs> freaking used. Like, and if you don't think that didn't catch people's attention across the country, if they were to tie it in, it did. It did. Um, recruiting. Wow! Before we close this out, uh, I was at the Geyer game, and the consensus around. That is Oklahoma is probably where Peyton Bowen's going to end up. That was the consensus from everybody. They literally were feeling like this has been drug out. They wanted it to get over with by National Signing Day. Before National Signing Day, obviously, they wanted it over with because there's some people that don't want it to be a look of where he drug Notre Dame around forever and then just flipped on him out of the last second where, but when you talk to other people from other programs, they say the writing's been on the wall for months. So, I mean, but Notre Dame's held on. You got to give Notre Dame staff credit. And if they can somehow hold on to this, that I think would be, yeah, it would be probably one of the biggest deals of all time and that I've seen because you talk about a dude that has everything working in his favor on top of the relationship that he has with the Oklahoma staff is just second to none. It's if, if Marcus Freeman can pull that off and hold on, 
and O'Leary. I I would. So I, I I'm I'm a, if I'm a betting man, I'm taking Oklahoma right now. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> my feelings on this recruitment are no particular. No, I know they don't like you very much. Um, I don't have a whole lot to add to that, but yeah. I I would say the writing has been on the wall for months. Um, yeah, uh, it's just a matter of when the when the other <clears throat> shoe drops. I'm still kind of a believe it when I see a proponent, just because. He's done it, drug it out. I mean, he's been committed since January 1st, like almost a year. So this is, this is, this is Oklahoma Jace McClellan right now is what this is. <clears throat> Alabama creeped in three or four months before national signing day. And you hear it all the right things and said all the right things to the OU staff. And then two weeks before national signing day or a week, a week before national signing, a week before national signing day flipped. So, um, do you feel like there'll be any national signing day surprises? Well, again, it depends on how you, uh, it depends on what you categorize as a surprise because the two that we've kind of talked about that could end up swinging Oklahoma's way on signing day are, you know, Etta and Jordan Allen. But again, like, do you really consider those to be surprises if they're already being talked about. So true surprises, stuff that's just completely out of left field at the 11th hour. No, I don't think so. But I look a month ago, nobody was really talking about OU and Jordan Allen. Nobody had any idea that OU and Eno Edo would end up being a thing. Mm -hmm. And certainly nobody was talking about OU and Day McCullough, at least right. not significantly and so the fact that 16 days away from esd oklahoma all of a sudden is very legitimately in contention for all three of those guys that tells you how good this staff is at being able to close uh, or at the very least putting themselves in position to close even when it didn't look like days or weeks ago that they were even going to have a shot with xyz player so mm -hmm. i I think the targets that this staff has identified down the stretch here in the cycle are going to enable them to not have to need to pull anything out of the bag of tricks on early signing day. As long as they continue to stay the course with everybody they're currently pursuing, and as long as they can maintain a pretty solid batting average with those seven, eight, nine guys right now that they're still in the mix for, mm -hmm. I, don't, I, don't, I don't think you'll need any surprises on early signing day to feel really good about this class if you're a Sooner fan. I think that the, the surprise, I think, is Day McCullough for everybody. I think it came early, but I think that's a surprise for – I mean, we've mentioned it for months that that was a legit possibility. Uh, and I wrote about it on OU Insider I don't know how many times, but we went quiet on it because we assumed it went quiet on that end, and then bam, you know, the last 48 hours, that's all you could hear was Day McCullough talk. So – and I, I think Notre Dame fans are looking at that going, well, Peyton Bowen, you know, Peyton Bowen's going to come to Notre Dame now. That's what that means. And then completely forgetting that they're getting Brandon Hillman in like 24 hours. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, like, so you get Brandon Hillman. And that would be like, what, their fourth 
safety commit, right? Yeah, I got a Notre Dame's got a deep class, and they have Barnes still, Khalil Barnes still available. Now he's he's going to go to Clemson, but you think so? That's my guess. I, I think he ends up in Notre Dame. You think so? Yeah, I do. Well, if he ends up in Notre Dame, that's five. So, I mean, at some point, and I think that's something that I think they're recruiting all those guys for because they feel like they're trying to hold on to Bowen, but they're recruiting those guys because they know there's a good chance that he ends up in Norman. And if that's the case, if you, you get Dave McCullough, McCarty, who's he's going to sit out a year, if not longer, with his injury that he has. Uh, and you got Kendall Dolby. And who's the other safety they have? McCarty, Dolby, and uh, well, shoot, that's it right now. And Dave McCullough would be the third. Yeah. And then Bowen before. But McCarty is a guy that I think could end up out of the safety room at some point with this frame. So we'll see. Um, where do you think this quickly, where do you think this class ends up? We're going to ask this question every week, but well, it changes week by week. So let's go. I'll say they, I'll say they wrap this cycle with the number four class. Okay. I'll say that's what it is. I can see transfers added. I can see it being a spot lower. With transfers added, where do you think they end up? Three? I think it's probably lower with transfers, just because I think there are other programs that put together elite recruiting classes that are also going to make some legit splashes and several of them in the portal. Mm -hmm. So I think just in terms of sheer quantity, Oklahoma doesn't have or they won't have as many transfers in this class that really move the needle in that capacity like some of these other schools will. So mm-hmm. I'd, I'd, I'd say the effect would be negligible, but it may actually drop them a spot or two if I had to guess. Yeah. So maybe six or so, five or six. Gotcha. I'm kind of with you on that. I think they end up between three and seven. Uh, come National Signing Day, and then after the transfers are all added, I think they end up between five and eight. So I think that's probably where it is. Obviously, David Hicks did it in home. Um, it went really, really well uh, for Oklahoma. I'll have some notes on OU Insider coming soon on that. Parker has notes coming on a lot of stuff. We're going to have you guys covered on the transfer portal. We're going to have you guys covered a ton, a ton. You've heard it, like all the transfer portal talk and all that type of stuff. We are going to have this thing covered. And we've been breaking news left and right on OU Insider as far as transfer portal uh, talk, potential entries, who's staying, who's going. We told y'all last week in the chat, I told y'all four guys that BV said aren't playing, Gray, Harrison, Morris, and – um. I just went blank. Jalen Redmond. Jalen Redmond. Yeah. I told y'all last week they weren't playing. Told y'all last week they weren't playing in the bowl game. And there you are. BV, you know, like that's the type of stuff. If you're on OU Insider, you're going to be way ahead of the game. So right now, 50% off on OU Insider. Literally $40 gets you 
the whole thing, like 46 bucks, I think it is. Get you all of OU Insider, all of um, 24-7 Sports. Like, you get everything for $46. And if you just want to try us out through National Signing Day Transfer Portal and Bowl Season, you can go $1 for the first month, $9.95 afterwards. But, I mean, if you sign up with us for 46 bucks, you get National Signing Day, Transfer Portal, Spring, all the junior days, all the big events that they have for the spring recruiting, the spring game, all the big events they have for recruiting during the offseason, all the offseason notes. Um, then you get the season, 2023 season. You get all the recruiting stuff during the season. You get National Signing Day. Like, all that if you sign up right now for one year. It's worth it. Uh, we've grown substantially. I think we had like 400 new subs last month. Uh, looking to hopefully have... Another four or five hundred this month to put us in that five-digit range as far as subs go because you guys are amazing, 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 amazing. Uh, oh, you fans rock as far as that and support. Uh, page views are out the out of this world too. I mean, you guys have made this fun for us in a season that is not fun. Uh, so Very true. <laughs> super blessed to be able to do that for you guys and with you all. So. All right, that's going to do it for this version of the OU Insider Under the under the Visor Sooners podcast. Uh, for Parker Thune, for Brandon Drum, you guys have a good day. docuseries on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.